0: In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their thirtieth anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films.
1: Pat Cantagallo,
0: Dennis Matush,
2: Jeff Mazuka,
0: John Reed,
2: Bo Warmbold.
0: Each week they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year we travel back in time to 1984 and 85. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast.
3: Hey, we're live.
0: All right, we are live, friends. Okay, so, Dennis, cover up. All right. Uh, We are all meeting on it. So this is the first time we've ever tried one of these Google Hangout things before. So if things totally crash, then that's why, because... It's Dennis's fault. Um, <clears throat> Dennis, are you laying on the floor? I'm doing Pat's move now. <laughs> okay, there yeah. you go. Isn't that comfortable? <laughs> Mine's a little more festive, though. I got a Christmas
2: tree. Can
0: That's well. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> all right. So this time around, we are talking about The Force Awakens. Just came out last week, and we've all seen it. I think twice. Has anybody seen it just once? I've only oh, yeah, seen you it just once, Bill. Okay, you've only seen it once. All right. Once. So this some far, of us. So far, some of us have seen it once, some seen, have seen it twice. All right, Any, so here it goes. Anyone
4: with three times already? What's that? Anyone with three times already?
0: Not yet. I'm hoping for maybe tomorrow night.
4: Oh, well, that's good.
0: Dennis, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> 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 Those listening to the audio podcast cannot see Dennis posing right now. <clears throat> and you're lucky. And you're welcome. <laughs> Why podcasting is an audio medium. Dennis, put your leg down. (laughs) That's disturbing.
1: How would you get your leg behind your head? (laughs) (laughs) That's my head.
0: That's skill. Otherwise, I would be very lonely. All right, well. Yes. All right, well, The Force Awakens came out on December seventeenth, 2015, rated PG-13, directed by J.J. Abrams, who also did Lost, Star Trek, Super 8, and The Force Awakens, Uh, produced by Kathleen Kennedy, who has produced our entire childhood, including E.T., Hook, Jurassic Park, and Sixth Sense, written by Lawrence Kasdan, who also did Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, Uh, also written by J.J. Abrams, who did Alias, Lost, and Super 8, and Michael Arndt, who wrote Toy Story 3. Music by John Williams, who did Jaws, Superman, E.T., Jurassic Park, and everything else we've ever heard. The budget for this one was $200 million. The box office for this one so far, uh, when I looked this up yesterday, I think the U.S. box 75 office... $75 billion. Yeah, like 75... All the money in the world. Um, $247 million when I looked it up yesterday, for the U.S., and $281 million internationally. So... This, I believe, has beaten Jurassic World's record of, what did they have, 520 million? And I think uh, Force Awakens, as of yesterday, was at 525, and that's not even including China, because when Jurassic World did their thing, they had released to China. China has not had the Force Awakens come out in their country yet. So So when
2: it does, they'll probably make a profit then, right? What's that? When it does, they'll probably make a profit, right?
0: I, I would imagine. A little bit. It's okay. Just just a, a little chump change. Um, I hear they're just so, trying to break even. You know, it's it's you know little movies like this. They they struggle to stay alive.
3: They give some
2: the specter.
0: Right. So starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. He was in uh, Corvette Summer, uh, Batman the Animated Series, and both TV shows of The Flash. Harrison Ford is Han Solo. He was in American Graffiti, the Indiana Jones movies, Blade Runner, and The Fugitive. Carrie Fisher, uh, as General Leia, was in Blues Brothers, Hannah and Her Sisters, and When Harry Met Sally, uh, as well as several other uh, rehab clinics. Peter Mayhew, as Chewbacca, <laughs> sorry. I Bad the
3: form. It
0: well, Peter yeah. Mayhew, as Chewbacca, has, was in all of the other Star Wars movies, or most of the other Star Wars movies, and Killer Ink. Anthony Daniels, as C-3PO, has done a little bit of TV, but his whole life has pretty much been Star Wars. Don uh, Domhnall Gleason as General Hux. He was in Harry Potter, Ex Machina, and The Revenant. Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma. She was in Game of Thrones and The Hunger Games. Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. He was in Sucker Punch, Inside Lewin, Del- uh, Lewin Davis, and X-Men Apocalypse. Daisy Ridley as Rey. This is pretty much her only movie that she's been in, but she was in the TV show Mr. Selfridge and a few other British TV shows. John Boyega as Finn was in a movie called Attack the Block. Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, was in J. Edgar, Lincoln, and Inside Lewin Davis. Andy Serkis as Supreme Leader Snoke, has been in the newest Planet of the Apes movies, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, King Kong. Uh, Max von Sydow as Lor San Tekka, was been in The Seventh Seal, Conan the Barbarian, and The Exorcist. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Maz Kanata has been in 12 Years a Slave and nonstop. Uh, as of right now, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give this one a 95%. The audience gives it a 93%. And before we go any further, I am just going to remind everyone that we are going to spoil the crap out of this movie. So we've all seen it. If you haven't seen it, stop listening and go see it several times. But if you have not seen it yet and do not want to be surprised, stop listening now. Ready? Five four, three, two, one. Luke Skywalker has vanished. Forces both good and evil are searching for the Jedi Master. Members of the Resistance believe Luke can help them stop the spread of the First Order led by Supreme Leader Snoke. Kylo Ren, a former student of Skywalker's, wants nothing more than to destroy his former master and prove he is as strong in the dark side as his grandfather, Darth Vader.
2: Who are you? I'm no one.
0: I was raised to do one thing, but I've got nothing to fight for.
1: stories about what happened.
3: calling to you.
0: background on this one October 30th 2012 George Lucas announces the sale of Lucasfilm to Disney for four billion dollars this movie everyone alone will probably, and everyone rejoices and this movie alone will probably you know cover that cost for Disney uh J.J. Abrams originally said no twice when asked to direct this movie because he was worried he might screw it up and people would hate him forever uh BB-8 was designed by J.J. Abrams and originally they um They wanted to figure out some way to make this robot and they happened to come upon the robotics company Sphero who was doing something similar to this and this is actually a robot that we have uh, in the schools that we work in uh, that you can get for learning coding and computer programming and all that. Harrison Ford broke his leg in June 2014 when a door on the Millennium Falcon fell on him. When this happened, J.J. Abrams also went to go help lift it off of Ford and something popped in J.J.'s back. He had actually broken it but wore a brace and didn't tell anybody until they were a good portion of the way through filming. Mm. Uh, The director of photography, Dan Mindell, said that they engineered the camera lenses to give a softer feel for much of the film but a harder, harsher feel for the first order scenes. Uh, the shooting code name for The Force Awakens was Avco, the name of the theater in Los Angeles where Abrams first saw Star Wars as a kid. J.J. Uh, Abrams is listed as a producer on episode 8. Ryan Johnson, who did Looper, is going to be the director. Lawrence Kasdan is writing a young Han Solo movie, which will be directed by Christopher Miller and Phil Lord, the guys who did the Lego movie. Uh, Colin Trevorrow, who did Jurassic World, will direct episode 9. Uh, Poe Dameron was originally supposed to die in the tie crash on Jakku, but they decided they liked his character, so they brought him back later.
3: Yeah.
0: It is the first J.J. Abrams movie not scored by Michael Giacchino. Uh, In 1983, George Lucas told Mark Hamill he'd like to bring him back as an Obi-Wan Kenobi-esque mentor for a new Star Wars, probably sometime around the year 2011. Uh, The Kylo Ren role was originally going to be offered to Michael Fassbender or Hugo Weaving. Uh, Finn's name, FN-2187, is a nod to Princess Les cell in the original Star Wars movie. She was in cell number 2187. Rey is based off of early Ralph McQuarrie concept art for Luke Starkiller. That was Luke's original name in George Lucas' earlier scripts, and originally Luke was a girl. Uh, The First Order coming up from remnants of the Empire was inspired by Nazis who had fled to South America to regroup. Um, I think that is what I've got. Oh, we have some cameos in this movie. Uh, Simon Pegg plays the Jakku junk boss, Unkar Plutt. Daniel Craig uh, was the stormtrooper that Rey tricks into letting her go and leaving the cell open and dropping his weapon. Uh, the voices of Frank Oz, Ewan McGregor, and Alec Guinness show up in the Force flashback dream thing vision that Rey has when she touches the lightsaber. Um, don't we all have some kind of a vision when we touch a lightsaber. Um, And there are a whole bunch of other cameos, too, but I don't have anything on here. All right, that's what I got. So let's just start off with this. Overall reaction to the movie. What would you think?
2: Who's going first?
0: Dennis, you're pretty comfortable. Why don't you go first?
2: (laughs) Or should I do the thing where... uh, You talk first, I talk first?
0: You You talk first, I talk first? With the... Mass things, thing is apparatus. Yeah, it's hard to understand you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, all right, saw it twice. First reaction. Both times I liked the film, all right? The first time, though, I was disappointed and a little bit more critical of things, mainly because I think of what I went in. You're, you're, no matter what, how much you try to like hide yourself from previews or whatever it is, you have your kind of own thing of what you kind of want to see maybe start to happen a little bit, at least I do. Like I started thinking, like, if I was writing it, what would I do, or how would I have this happen? So that clashed with some of my ideas, and then okay. I started questioning certain things of, like, okay, like, first off, how all of a sudden, like, why are, why are they not letting us see the fall of the good guys, meaning, you know, you left off with Jedi, we're in Ewok Village, we're singing, we're dancing, everything's great, Darth Vader turned good. Um, You know, the Emperor, Evil Empire is dead. Next thing I know, there's this big Death Star, bigger than the original Death Star, and I just felt like it jumped so fast and that we didn't see or hear why all those things happened and what happened to really create this fall. So that thing was one big thing that kind of stuck with me and still kind of does a little bit on two. But, uh, you know, again, they may all explain the stuff in the next episodes. I just think that this would have been the episode to do it in. Um, But overall, when I went back and watched it again... I liked the film probably more the second time than I did the first. And I liked it the first time. I just, again, I have some of those little critical questions. You know, wasn't Darth Vader good? So if Darth Vader became good at the end, you know, like, why is he talking to Darth Vader as if I'm going to finish your evil work? Wouldn't the spirit of Darth Vader, like the spirit of Obi-Wan, you know, would talk to Luke um, and even Yoda? Like, why wouldn't Darth Vader's good spirit talk to this guy and be like, no, you know, like... I'm not evil. Remember, I turned good at the end of Jedi. You know, I, I just little things like that like make me think that you know I wish there would have been a little bit either explained or something with that. But overall, again, I like the film, both of them.
0: He was he was busy stalking Padme's ghost.
2: Okay, <laughs> so those are the two big things that kind of stick out. And then Carrie, Carrie Fisher's performance the second time, I just felt it went worse than the first time. Okay. I didn't notice it as bad the first time, but then I, I just didn't like her. Performance. I don't know. And again, that's I blame that on drugs and alcohol. I do.
0: Okay, you or Carrie?
2: I blame it both.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, Bo. What about you?
4: I liked it. I had some minor issues. Some of the stuff Dennis was saying all rings true. They they made some strange choices with how they introduced some things. Um, and, and I thought they hurried some things along. They could have given us a little more specifically the scene right before they opened fire on the four, three or four worlds of the New Republic, all you got was that speech from What's-His-Name. And there could have been more there to explain what we've missed in these 30 years. I'm still a little sketchy on the relationship between the New Republic, the Resistance, and the First Order. I mean, I get the broad strokes, but I feel like the relationship between the resistance and the New Republic, I don't know if I understand. Um, I think the. You have it on the list of questions here, so I don't want to jump the gun, but the whole star killer base thing, I have some issues with that. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to. They threw a little too much at us in her little force vision. Now, that may all play out and make a lot more sense when we see episode eight, but I think they threw so much at you that maybe we were, I anyway was trying to process that too much and maybe didn't get some of the rest of it. Okay.
3: Um,
4: Dennis making a face at me right now.
0: No,
2: um,
4: no, <laughs> I'm
0: um, that's just how Dennis's face
4: looks. <laughs> I really liked, I really liked BB eight. He was fun. um, I think the stormtrooper adding a character that was a stormtrooper is very interesting. I think they did that really well to um separate them from the clone troopers that everyone had seen more recently. I think they wanted to to separate that a little bit. They have this little throwaway line about, oh, we could just have a clone army. I think was was trying to do that too, but I liked that. I liked that they pushed those apart. Um I'm wondering if they even needed that loviating empire guy. Whose character name I've already forgotten. That's what John's here for. The one who made the big speech.
0: Oh, General Hux.
4: Yeah, I'm assuming he has more important things to do later. But he was sort of a just an extra guy. I felt like
3: um, he was like the Grand Moff Tarkin of yeah this movie right
4: a really weak Grand Roth Tarkin <laughs>
3: well he's young he has to grow into his dictatorship
4: his, his Peter Cushing mm-hmm. yeah but I liked it I mean all those things I said that that bothered me they're all kind of nitpicky it was it was fun it was Star Wars to, to a shout out to Pat the Millennium Falcon flew again I don't know about everyone else but the theater John and I were in the first shot of the Millennium Falcon got a huge round of applause
1: mm-hmm yeah, um,
4: because it just should. Um, I thought it was hysterical that they that, uh, they were trying to hide from Han in his own smuggling compartment. That was amusing. Um, yeah, I liked it. I would see it again and plan too soon. I think I'm going to do IMAX this time though.
0: Okay.
1: Well, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, uh, my first reaction. I'm gonna bring out the uh, the commando review. I'm just gonna say awesome with all capitals. It was, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was pretty floored. I mean, it was funny because it was sort of like, you know, you get into that thing and it's, it's like the first, you know, you get on a roller coaster and you know, right before you hit that drop, it's kind of like, man, this is, this is really gonna happen. Like when they, when like right when the uh, Lucasfilm thing kind of comes up, kind of like goes across the screen right before you see the big yellow print star wars and it starts with the score and then as soon as uh as soon as that hit um it was i i was pretty much you know edge of my seat the entire time i i hear what everyone's saying and and you know it's funny cuz i i think when we when we spoke about the Terminator movies a couple months ago, I remember, you know, the point being that, you know, maybe they're trying to make too much of this world. Like, maybe they should have kept it to one or two movies and just left something to the imagination. Because, you know, the more information they give to the audience, they, they seem to kind of water it down and ruin what Terminator is all about. For Star Wars, it's the complete opposite. So I get what everyone's saying where, oh, I wish they would have shown this. I wish they would have shown this. Because for me, it's just like, I want more Star Wars. I want to see more Star Wars. I want to see how did this happen? Who's that character? I want to see this. You know, I want to see every little detail. Um, so I, I get what people are saying with that. Um, but I, I think almost, you know, if you look at like the uh, A New Hope um, when Episode four opened, they kind of dropped you in in the middle of this story, and you know, you heard references to the Clone Wars and things that happened long ago, and you know, there, you know, all of a sudden you're thrown into the Empire and you know, you don't quite get the backstory for everything. They just kind of trust that, okay, you'll piece it together. And I think they kind of did this as well. Um, I agree, you know, trying to figure out, okay, well, how does the New Republic and the um, Resistance fit together? Well, who started the first order? You know, how did that whole thing come together? What What's the command structure? Who's in charge? You know, and I'm sure that they'll start to reveal that as, well, I'm, I can't be sure of anything. I would assume they would re- reveal parts of that as they went. The things that's, the the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway um, when, when I left the theater, um, the biggest takeaway I had was how cool it was that they'd introduced three new characters and I cared about all of them. I was interested in all of them. I was fascinated by all of them. I'm glad they didn't kill off Poe Dameron. I'm glad they didn't you know, Finn, kill off Finn and Ray. I really I enjoyed them. I thought they were very um, interesting characters. I, they came at it with different angles. They were fun to watch. They were you know, it, it wasn't like a cardboard cutout of a hero. Um, I'm a big fan, I mean, you know, I'll, I'm a big fan of Ray. I think it was, I think just watching her, I, I, I think she really uh, stole the show. Um, but it, but just all of that, I, I, I just thought it was cool. And then some of the things that, you know, they showed you that you kind of maybe had never seen before, stealing a TIE fighter, flying a TIE fighter, um, launch, uh, you know, going to light speed while in a hangar you know, what did he go to light speed and they pulled out of light speed right before they landed or something? I, I mean, just just cool things like that um, really uh, really got my attention with the movie. That's kind of the, the initial, my my initial like, whoa, what just hit me? Um, but yeah, the, the biggest takeaways I'd say were just the three new characters and how much I really cared about them. I mean, they did more than fire a blaster or fly a ship. I mean, I really cared about them. And then... Um, You know, and I know it's on the list, the death of Han Solo. But that one, that was that was a little bit uh, that was a little bit hard to uh, get past. You know, your childhood hero, that just, you know, that uh, he 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 didn't make it there. So, anyways, those are my my initial kind of uh, random musings.
0: All right, Jeff, do we have you back?
1: I loved it. I thought I thought it was it was what I what I wanted from the first
3: chapter of a new series. Uh, Not not too much was about about the overall idea of of this of this new trilogy.' Um, it's a great great land blend of older and newer characters. It, they integrate uh, the old uh, the old with new. and if they, if they they follow suit, or more the older char- the older characters make it off or just be written out of the story. Um, and then you have a, a batch of 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 younger. Characters to work with to continue on after uh, seventy and nine, if need be. Um, as far as this movie, anything in particular standing out? You know, I, I think the uh, the Starkiller thing was a little bit too reminiscent of if this if this is indeed you know in the years in the future Jedi. You know, you think they look at him, look at him, go, well, we had two two of these things both got blown up, up why went on, on? You know, well, let's just, let's make another one. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be really big.
0: We we can blow uh, this up. There's I mean, always I, a way to blow these things up, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I was hoping for a little bit more, a little bit more, um, a little bit more from them in that regard. That the threat may or may not um, just copy what's been done in the past, but, you know, I guess maybe, you know, I guess maybe that is the Is you know, I'll two, I'll two of them, they're the same, let's do another one, and blowing up, blowing up one thing, and five or six planets at a time, and we'll really be the threat, and we'll really conquer the, 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 the universe, and again, it came down to, uh, pretty much an exhaust vent, that was left, was left un, uh, uncovered for the most part and they blew a hole in it and Poe Jammerin was able to fly down into, it, down into it. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I almost enjoyed it more the second time when I watched it this morning as opposed to Friday night. I think Friday night I fell into that category of people that were just so uh, excited by seeing the movie that I didn't, pay, I didn't pay too much attention to the details of it. But it was just... Such experience, uh, uh, a brand new, brand new
0: Star Wars. I think that's where I think that's where I was at too because I, I saw it the night that it came out and then um, Bo, I went with Bo and um, Sharon and Bo's brother and saw it that night and I, I don't know I loved it but then I just saw it today maybe a couple of hours ago and I had more of a reaction to it today than I did on Thursday night. And that may be because Thursday night I was a little nervous about what it was going to be. Like, I, I felt like I knew it was going to be good. But at the same time, I was a little worried that, well, what if it's not? Because the last three that we've had were not that great. Nah. So maybe I was just so nervous about it and I, I, I felt that it was going to be good, but you know, at the same time I was kind of, you know, holding back the excitement because there'd been so much hype around this movie and this was getting built up and built up and built up that I think I was just trying to temper my excitement a little bit on Thursday night when I saw it but this time around when I saw it this time I I loved it even more than the first time I saw it and I'm and I'm hearing what everybody's saying, you know, some of the reservations you've got and some of the things that, you know, didn't seem to work in the movie, none of those bothered me at all. I had no problem. In fact, I thought they did a good job of, in some of those things that that bothered other people, and and some of you guys have already mentioned, you know, things like the repeating the uh, Death Star type weapon. You know, they joke about that. They, They realize that this is another weapon kind of like they've already had in the past, so they make a joke about it. They're like, okay, so it's, yeah, so it's bigger. And is, how do we blow it up? There's always a way to blow these things up. So Han Solo is kind of... Yeah, but
3: joking about <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't forgive the fact that it's a recycled idea.
0: Well, yeah.
3: I mean, I've gotten the jokes, uh-huh. jokes about it, too, and made it work in uh, in Jedi when it was the second Death Star that they were working on. But, you know, here we are years later, and the best idea they had was, was to... Create essentially another Death Star, just on a more grand scale.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not saying the dark side gets the most creative people in the world. (laughs) I mean, I think I mentioned to Debo the night that we were watching the movie. I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's just the same architect that just keeps working, and and you know, the first two got blown up, and so they went to him again, and they're like, hey. We want to make this new weapon. And he's like, nah, I don't know. It it's didn't work out the first... You can build it as big as you want. Oh, well, then I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I don't know. I Yes, I would like to see something done different. Um, you know, I don't... I haven't sat down to think of what I'd like that to be, but... Um, it does seem to be that everything, and and I'm assuming that's on purpose, everything in this movie is trying to be the Empire, that they're trying to be there. They're not the Empire, but they're trying to be there. It's a young um, General Hux who is trying to be a Grand Moff Tarkin. It's a young Kylo Ren who's trying to be Darth Vader. Um, that you've got this group of people that are not quite there yet, and maybe we're supposed to feel that way that we're going to watch them grow into that. So maybe by episode 8, episode 9, they grow into the fearsomeness that is or was the Empire from before, and maybe they've you know, got a better weapon than just a giant Death Star.
2: Well, I mean, just to find, and you, you could argue, I mean, and again, seeing it twice shifted my perspective a bit on things, but you could totally look at this film and to say that it is, for the most part, a lot of rehashed ideas from the original Star Wars, from Episode mm-hmm. the fourth Episode The New Hope. Right? You've got the young person who dreams of being, you know, involved, and you know she's putting the helmet on. And she she wants to get out of her away from that place where she's at, a kind of a desert. You've got, um, you know, it starts off where you've got. Um, You know, like you said, the the Death Star-like type. So a lot of it is, and that's okay. I think I went into the second one realizing they didn't go and set out to make, I think, Episode 7 its own. I think they're introducing this as a new generation Star Wars, and not necessarily for all the older people, although they need to keep it so that we could appreciate it, like I think we all did. But at the same time, it's a new. For, for somebody, I think if somebody who's nine years old and never saw any Star Wars or eight or seven or six in a movie, they're going to have the same experience that we had when The New Hope came out and we saw it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think they recreated that and they had to use certain elements and certain. I mean, honestly, I think they say that any story or any movie out there written has already been done. Okay, so every movie. Basically a spin-off or a twist or something that's based on an existing idea. There's no original ideas out there anyway. You don't want it to be obvious. And I think there are some obvious things here that could ruin it for certain people. But overall, I don't think it ruins it. I think it's, uh, it's just like I said, if I view it as a not made for me, you to see one, two, three, four, five, six, and now we need to have seven continents completely flawlessly. This is more like a, a reboot, like a start, and we're going to start when you do 7, 8, 9, and it's for a new generation. It's not necessarily for the older generation. And then it's more forgiving that they have those things in there for me, you know, that they did reuse some of the things. I mean, even like Han Solo dies the sort of the same passive way that, you know, you could say Obi-Wan died, you know, where he...
0: Wouldn't you had almost the same type of setup, too? You had yeah. the characters oh, were kind it. of off to the side watching it so, as Exactly, he died.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean you can go through and see lots of different connections to the original one. And I don't and I think once you get past that I think it makes it more enjoyable, which is why the second time I think I enjoyed it more than I did the first. Because the first I was looking for I guess, like you said, the new weapon, the new bad guy, the new something, and it sort of felt like I was seeing some of the original, which better than nothing, you know, but it's actually good when you get past again that, that connection, I think.
0: So did they, by bringing in the older characters, now they brought them in for this movie, who knows how much we'll see them. Obviously, we're going to see a little bit more of Luke in the next movie, we would assume. Um, did they do a good job of bringing in those older characters? Because a lot of people were worried about that. They're, like, they're, they're older. Really, the only one of them who's done any decent acting beyond Star Wars was Harrison Ford. Um, how is this going to look when we bring these old folks back? Um, how well did you think they did? I think it
3: worked. Uh, any of the older characters being there, I think they all fit in well to how they needed to be utilized in the story, and I don't think any of them them were used incorrectly. I don't think any of them you know didn't contribute in some way uh, to advancing the film. So, thumbs up for the integration and use of the old of the old characters.
1: Harrison Ford kind of took center stage because he has a Strongest. He seemed to be the strongest of the actors there, and I. I well, it's well, it's
3: not so much just because he was the strongest of the actors. I think it just played in well to the what story that um, they, they could rely on him more in this because he's had the most experience since yeah. the first. Our since the movie the movies came out, he's got the most uh, the most credits on his belt. So it just worked out that his character. Uh, could do more. I think he could handle it. Yeah. Least, of the, of the group of them.
1: Uh man, Harrison Ford, he's still got it. You know, I mean and that's you know it's kind of funny. If I want to get sucked into the world I'll say, yeah, Han Solo still has it. Uh, but, you know, in reality, I mean Harrison Ford, he looked good. It was fun watching him, you know, behind the controls of the Millennium Falcon running around, you know, and all that. And I think I know the question comes up later with the humor. But uh you know, and it was it appropriate or what was it? But I mean Han Solo just with his looks and just I, I hate to say it, to boil it all down to, with his acting shops, I mean, he just really, he just brought Han Solo back to life. I mean, it didn't look like he phoned it in, it didn't look like he couldn't keep up with it anymore. You know, we we spoke about that with some of the James Bond uh, films, like, you know, as those guys got a little bit to the to the you know end of their um, sell-by date, they didn't look quite as good at doing Bond. Harrison Ford pulled off Han Solo perfectly. Now, granted, the story was that these guys were supposed to be 30 years older, so you know, you, you take that into consideration, but it was um, it was it was fun watching Harrison Ford do his thing. You know, the Luke Skywalker thing. I I, I think what a great <clears throat> what a great cliffhanger for the next one. You know, he turned around and um, um, y- you know, right there where they find him on that that planet, and you know, y- you know, you're wondering what is he going through? Is it shock? Is it fear? Is it you know, uh, y- you know, and they just leave it there, so you know, you you just can't wait till. May of 2017, when the episode eight is going to come out, and you're going to find out a little bit more about Luke's story, and um, you know, just see see how he does when he's delivering his lines. See how he plays Luke. You know, is he going to play Luke old and um, sort of like Obi Wan Kenobi, or is it uh, is is he still going to be able to bust a move? You know, and and uh, you're going to see some lightsaber work. So, I mean, you know, my mind is racing for the next two years, trying to figure out how they're going to play. Uh, how they're going to play him?
0: Well, and I—that was another thing that I was kind of looking forward to. It's like, well, how, how are they going to bring Luke into this? And there was that whole discussion, kind of going forward. Um, you know, he wasn't on the poster. He's he maybe in the commercials if that's him putting his hand on R2. You know, they had interviewed him early on, and he's definitely in the movie, but. Then he didn't show up anywhere, and you know I have a lot of people that, uh, especially non-Star Wars fans, that really thought he was going to show up more in this movie. And then when he's only there for like the last you know 20 seconds or so, um, there were several people I talked to that they were they were kind of disappointed about it. You know they they wanted to see him talk, they wanted to see him do more. I thought, well, you know that's if the whole point of the movie is the search for Luke Skywalker, I'm okay with him. You know, I almost didn't think he was going to show up at all in the movie. Once it reached a certain point, I thought, well, maybe maybe we don't see him. Maybe we don't, you know, maybe they find this map, but as they're, you know, maybe it's like an Empire Strikes Back where everybody's getting in a ship and flying off at the end, um, but we don't find him, we don't see him until the start of the next movie.
1: First rule of
2: show business, always leave the audience wanting more. That was me. 20 minutes into the movie, half hour. I knew we were going to see much of Luke, and I actually oddly kind of Picture of the ending where you were going to get to Luke. I didn't know it would be standing on a cliff or a mountain somewhere or a cave. I didn't. I didn't know where that would be. But I figured the closing thing was going to be Luke and revealing where Luke was, and we actually see um, we see um, see the character. You know, we don't hear necessarily I, I didn't expect. I thought maybe he was going to say one thing or one line at the end. But I think it was good that they didn't. In, the in the end, it was just the holding out of the lightsaber. You know, and I think that was a nice way to finish it. Because what is he really? You know, I was thinking. Where I'd like to hear him say something. What's he gonna say? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <I'm working> <laughs> <correctly>. <laughs> and I think that almost. <laughs> what took you that, so long? He almost had a little tear in his eye. Like it looked like he was kind of like emotional. Um, he saw the lightsaber and it, it looked not not that he was crying, but it just looked like he was emotional when he saw the lightsaber. And that that world was back to him because he's been in, by himself for how long, and all of a sudden somebody shows up and holds out your lightsaber. I mean. That was a pretty cool ending.
0: Yeah, somebody I talked to said they wanted him to reach out and like force pull it into his hand and you know take it that way at the end. I'm like, well, you know. I, <laughs> no. I'm, o- I'm okay with the quiet, dramatic, you know, she's... A-. Although it...
2: doesn't want it right away. He doesn't, and that's the thing. Right. It would be silly
0: because he doesn't want it that quick. Right.
2: He doesn't know who this person is. Who does? He doesn't know what just happened. And it's like he, he left that world for a reason. He wouldn't just grab the lightsaber right back. And that's where the emotional, I thought, in his face was good because it was a struggle between... Like, I know I've got to do this, or I know that something's coming, or I know that this. Is, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. I'm, am I ashamed that I've left and run away? Am I... Is, you know, I, I think there was a lot of emotion in this space that was perfectly... Perfect. I, thought was, I thought it was...
3: Luke seemed to stand there and, oh, who is this girl? What does she want? Why is she here? And I think he knows exactly who she is. I, I think that the struggle to take the lightsaber from her is the struggle to admit the past to himself... And then having to admit everything and share everything with her.
0: So, that is, well, we can get into that a little bit. That is one of the questions that I was going to ask is who do we think Ray is? If you want to speculate on that a little bit. And so, you already mentioned that a little. And another interesting thought is does she really need to be anybody? Does, does she need to be anybody other than Ray? Although they've hinted at. You know, we're, we're maybe going to find out who her family is, and she seems to know things that you wouldn't think a normal, you know, child who's grown up on this desert planet should know. Um, she seems to be ridiculously fast at picking up the Force and learning things very, very quickly. But at the same time, as a character, does she need to be any of that? Does she need to be related to somebody else? What do you guys think?
1: Got to see how it fits in with the story. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, to m- <clears throat> I don't think I need her to be anybody. Like, my, my thought, like, when Tammy and I walked out, I said, you think she's Luke Skywalker's daughter? You know, do you think there's something there? And, and well, yeah, maybe. And, and, you know, we had a discussion about that. But I don't think she needs to necessarily be anyone, but we just have to see how it plays in with the story. If it richens the story by having her be related to, um, you know, Kylo Ren as brother, cousin, well, I, I don't, think their brother-sister, um, given what we've seen. Um, obviously, otherwise, Han Solo would have known her. But, I mean, it, you know, perhaps uh, one of Luke's children, or, uh, if it fits in with the story, then, you know, cool. But if, it, if it's not needed for the story, I don't think, you know, for her character to be any more compelling, I don't think she needs to be anybody, other than who the heck were her parents, and, you know, why did they leave her with that guy, and you see the shuttle blasting off. You know, why was that happening? Her
4: parents have to be somebody. I just can't figure out who. Who I don't think they. You know. I think we talked about it the other day. You don't talk. You don't mention something if you're not going to use it later. Mm-hmm. They focus a lot on them leaving, and that them taking off like that. Somehow they're, they're important. I just can't figure it out yet.
0: Well, and she's got the. She has that pilot helmet. Um that, I guess, could have been, although there's all that wreckage of all those ships. It could have
4: been a scavenging thing, yeah.
0: It could have been a scavenging thing, but she's also got that little doll that looks like an X-Wing pilot. It's kind of orange and white and looks like an X-Wing pilot. If she's, I don't know, I guess maybe that would have been kind of freaky as a child. Maybe she found a dead body and it looked just like that, but why would you make a doll out of it? Good point. I didn't think about the doll. So she did have a little doll that looked like an X-Wing pilot. She's got an X-Wing pilot's helmet, but does that, I don't know. I feel like at some point those are going to be little clues along the way that tell us something about her parents. And I don't know. I don't need her parents to be Luke. I don't need her parents to be anybody famous. Um, if she, you know, if it comes out that her parents were in the Rebellion, then okay, fine. Yeah, but they don't. They're just some no-name people that are not major characters. I'm okay with that. I don't need her to be related to you know, somebody else that we've seen in the other movies. There are questions that come up about her, you know, some of the things that she knows or some of the things that she sees um, when she touches the lightsaber. Actually, I had written out, and today, when I saw the movie, I, I got a much better look at when she has that kind of... Um, they technically call it a forceback instead of a flashback. And the, let's see, the locations that she ends up at or she sees... Um, The first part is the hallway on Cloud City where Luke and Vader were fighting uh, in Empire Strikes Back, and then when that all falls away, um, you see Luke placing his hand on R2, and there's looks like he's sitting next to a fire. Some people that I've talked to have said they think that's when all of the Jedi apprentices that Kylo Ren killed, Then maybe Luke is burning their bodies, and that's where he's at at that point. You hear Yoda's voice there, but I couldn't pick out this time what Yoda's voice was saying. It sounded like it was something from what Luke had taught him uh, on Dagobah. And then you have um, somebody is swinging some kind of a club and gets a red lightsaber in the chest. Um, That actually looked like one of the toys. Um, There's a toy whose character's name was Constable Zuvio, and you don't ever see him anywhere else in the movie, but I remember seeing him as one of the toys that came out, and he's in there for like half a second getting killed. Um, and then Ray's on the ground in the rain, staring up at Kylo and the Knights of Ren. And then Rey is a little girl is being left on Jakku, and that Unkar Plutt character is holding her hand and says, Quiet, girl. And then finally she's in the snowy forest being confronted by Kylo Ren. His lightsaber is ignited. You hear, and that's where Alec Guinness's voice comes in, they actually took a recording of him saying the totally word... Totally awesome. I know. Taking the, of him saying the word afraid, and they cut out the ray part of that. And so you hear um, uh, Alec Guinness say ray, and then when she kind of, when the, the vision breaks and she falls away, you hear Ewan McGregor whisper, these are your first steps or these are the first steps, or something like that. Um, and so those are the different locations. Some of those tied to this lightsaber. You know, obviously this lightsaber was in that fight between Luke and Vader, and I guess it would have been there with Luke during these other instances, but she's also seeing things from her life, like when she was a little girl, so it's a mixture of, is that a flashback, or is that a vision that accompanies this weapon, or is that she's seeing part of her own life, or is it a combination of both? So I noticed that, and I, I got a clearer picture of those scenes when I saw it again today.
3: I definitely think she's a Skywalker, and there, there's speculation back and forth that she is Skywalker, she's Solo. Um, I so feel like if she, she was Some people Solo... have
0: speculated that she's a Kenobi. Oh, that'd be interesting. You know, Obi-Wan was on shore leave or something. And...
3: <laughs> I'm going to go out on
2: a limb and say that she's not related to any of those people. I think that she's just... A and I'd be think okay with that, too. Something different, and I and I think that would be better. I, otherwise, again, I think they're going to run the risk of, like, are you rehashing everything? Is there going to be the episode where, Ray, I'm your father? You know, like, right. that moment going to be there. It's already been done, uh, you know, and I think that I Ray, would... Ray, I am your cousin. away from that, and I would probably not necessarily... There might be a connection to somebody that we know, obviously, but there could be this just this new child who just... You know who has the force? The force isn't just shouldn't be geared towards a few special people in the world. It's you know I mean you know I'm saying like ten would go against the spirituality of it, but um, I uh, I'm gonna go out and say uh, I I don't think that she is, and I'm and I hope that she isn't. Yeah, I think I like it better if she doesn't. I think I'm if you're looking for something new, I don't want her to be tied to somebody else that we know. Go oh, okay, that's Luke's, you know, illegitimate child. <laughs> you know, because as far as we know, Luke's not married. We don't know what the story is there, but. I'm like,
1: Tammy thought she saw a grave when they, uh, she thought, and I, you guys have seen it twice. You can back it up, but, you know, I said, well, who's Luke's wife? And you know, potentially, and, and Tammy's like, you know, when they were panning away, it almost looked like Luke was standing next to a grave on the planet of, wherever, you know, okay. they were in Ireland at the end. So yeah. you know, the planet of Ireland when they were panning <laughs> away, and I don't know, it might, maybe it was just some rocks, but they were filming it in Ireland at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it is possible. I mean, if it may, you know, when you think about what went wrong with Luke, that's going to be a big question that needs to be answered for me. And the next one is um, it was probably again my disappointing thing is like all of a sudden Luke, who was this, you know, like he was never the one shying away from the battle. From Episode One, Luke has always been the guy who wanted to fight, who wanted to make a difference, who, who used to get on Han Solo. That was Han Solo's job to be the one who's in it for himself and get away or quit or whatever. And and then all of a sudden what? What the he, you know, like what the hell happened to Luke that he would just abandon everybody and they said, you know, he was training this one and things went bad. You know, did you know, did he kill Luke's wife? I I don't I'm not saying that's what happened. I don't think so. I'm just saying something bad had to really have happened for Luke to go away and I just hope that gets brought across.
1: Well, there's the there's that group, the Knights of Ren, which I don't know anything about. You don't see you see him only in that vision that um Ray had kind of all standing there. So were they all Jedi? That uh, um, uh, Kylo Ren kind of turned against, you know, Uncle Luke. And I mean, you know, there there must have been some pretty bad things for him to kind of pull back and and like you say, I mean, that's that's where the story goes. You know, was he running away? Was he going to, you know, just saying? I mean, they said somewhere that he went to go find the original Jedi Temple. So is he trying to go to figure out? You know, how am I gonna? Go back into this world. I mean, I kind of failed with this crop of people. Am I just going to bring up a, some more and try and hope that you know, hope for the best? Like, hey, maybe first you don't know, succeed, try it again, or do I have to reassess and figure out how I'm going to do this training, mm-hmm. or you know, in, to advance the Jedi? But I don't. You don't really see the Knights of Ren except for so in, in that one quick scene, right? Am I? Yeah. Back or
3: flashback flashback, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I
4: think it's more of just the this is going to be a big deal later. They're just trying to introduce some of these little bits. You know, it's what's the deal with the Knights of Ren? Whose daughter is she? It's all that stuff is just them planting seeds for the next
0: episodes who is nice. this supreme leader Snoke guy who right. apparently turned Ben Solo into Kylo Ren? And I, and I was able to look up
4: and where did he come from? And I mean, all right.
0: that. And what's his like? What's his connection to the Empire? And I mean, he looks he looks old and he looks kind of messed up. So I, there's a few right. kind of uh, ideas out there who he is. I was able to look up really quick because I was curious that. Um, uh, X-Wing pilot helmet that she has and that little doll uh, that she has when she's on Jakku in her... Uh, where she lives when she's kind of sitting leaning up against that fallen AT-AT Walker thing. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently in the Star Wars The Force Awakens visual dictionary that came out uh, says the Rebel helmet once belonged to someone named Captain Dosmit Ray of the Yellow of the Tirfan Yellow Aces Squadron. Ah, uh, the book also says Ray built the doll or constructed the doll when she was about ten years old. So, one person has mentioned on here since the cap, it was Captain Ray, spelled R A E H. Um, wondering, did she read that on the side of the helmet and name herself that when her family left her? I figure she's old enough in that one scene that she would know her own name. Um, but who knows what you would think? So, um, so maybe that's not. You know, maybe it was just something she found. Maybe it's not tied to her family at all. Um, the uh, yeah, the other one I'm curious about is the um, Supreme Leader Snoke. Now, that guy, some people have said they think that it's possible that in in their speculation. Uh, they've said that it could be the master of Palpatine from the original movies. Um, some people think Darth, it could be Darth him. Plagueis. Darth Plagueis. Some people think it could be him. I'm, I um,
3: think I'm on board with that plan of, of him being... Him. Of it being uh, Darth Vegas. Or Darth Vegas, nice. Darth, Darth, <laughs> Darth Plagueis. That's, that's your
0: welcome, Darth welcome to the dark side. What happens here stays here. <laughs> who's who's <laughs> thought, feeling hey, lucky? Not bad. Do you, do you, you feel lucky?
4: Out, Jeff will be known as Darth Vegas. But he's <laughs> got to wear you. a white... But he's got to wear an Elvis impersonate yeah. outfit, or we won't call him that.
1: Yeah, thank you very uh, much. Nobody wants to see that. I thought he killed Darth Plagueis, though. I mean, are we going to then say that Darth Plagueis was just in hiding and all that? No, but he did. Well, no, he, if he you remember, he Darth, killed Darth, him, but...
3: Darth Plagueis is the guy that could figure out how to manipulate uh, oh, the, the right. midi-chlorians to bring people back from the dead. So okay. if he knew that before he was killed, he, he may he may be communicating from death, because we only see him as a hologram in this Or, movie.
4: Or someone who read too much of the extended universe novels. Perhaps it's a clone
2: of some
0: kind. Could be. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and they do mention that, you know, Palpatine mentions when he turns Anakin into Vader, he does say only one has discovered the power to cheat death. Well, so if he killed him and he knows that Pelagus has discovered the power to cheat death, then apparently that means that he may still be around somewhere. Yeah. Um, one, and one of the reasons why, and listening to it again, and we'll get into the music here in just a minute, but listening to it again, the music for Supreme Leader Snoke sounds like the music from... I was going to bring that up. Um, from episode three when they're in that opera house and Palpatine is talking to Anakin about, he tells the story of Darth Pelagas and it's that very kind of low rumbling kind of music. The music is very similar to that scene in episode 3 when Palpatine's telling the story of his master.
4: Hmm. Cool. I don't know about that.
0: So, that, that, could be, that could be something to throw out there. Um, well, so actually, Again, I
4: mean, you know, that kind of ties in with, that, with what Dennis said earlier. That would kind of be a little. Granted, we didn't see Darth Plagueis before, but it still feels like that would be kind of a cop out to go back to something old. Uh, similar to the way it would be a cop out, a little bit of a cop out, if Ray is somebody's daughter. I feel like if you're gonna re- if you're gonna do this, let's do it. Let's have a new evil guy, you know, that can last for three movies. Let's let's not lean on something we've already created. Let's have some fun with it. But that's me.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, but even even if we haven't seen Darth Bolegas, like the only thing we know about him is from what Palpatine told us, and he's not the most trustworthy guy in the world.
4: Really. So I other, than,
0: other than a name drop, we don't really know that much about him. So would that be would that bother you if he ended up being Palpatine's master from way back when? Does that is that rehashing it or is that just well we dropped his name? So is that like in Star in Episode Four when they mentioned the Clone Wars? Well, I mean they just name dropped the Clone Wars. They didn't explain any of it.
4: I suppose that's true. Maybe I'm being a little too picky on that on that uh, on that stance.
0: You could be. I'm not, I'm not. gonna call you out on it,
1: but. Uh, it. It comes down to how do they write the story. You know, I mean, it, it it comes down to how they. I mean, if they, if it's like a complete and utter re, redo or reboot or re what you know, then we're gonna be like, oh, geez, well, can't they come up with anything new? But if they turn around and you know do something so completely different and change it, you know, so extreme that it's like, well, wait a minute, this isn't Star Wars. This doesn't make. This doesn't remind me of anything of Star Wars. This doesn't seem like. Then, you know, that's gone too far the other extreme. I think it just, whether Ray's someone's kid, some, not someone's kid, whether it's Darth Plagueis, Darth Vegas, Darth whoever, it just depends on how they write that, how they incorporate that into the story. I, I think before, you know,
2: before we... Some, can, of those, some of those things won't bother me as much if they're connected to the older one. I think just the issue with her, the reason I would is just because that's a mate. I mean, I think she was awesomely casted totally out of all the new characters my favorite um, i think that she's going to be the franchise main character for the next you know two episodes at least so i like so. how she
1: kept saying don't hold my hand why are yeah. you holding my hand again yeah,
2: i thought I like that was not awesome. holding hand. yeah it was good um i think that she's going to be you know technically like yeah Luke, but i don't need her to be connected to somebody i'd rather have her stand alone that would be more to me Um, the other connections to who the bad guy is, can you have, yeah, you could have, because the ideology of the old empire, you know, and some of that is definitely in the, there, so, um, someone's gotta be the bad guy, and it can be connected to somebody who is bad. I don't have as big of a deal with that, but it still could be a cop-out if it's a direct, like, you know, oh, just this guy, but, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm okay more forgiving of some of those details to connect the stories and connect the whole trilogy, you know, all the, all the different episodes. But I, I just hope that she's a standalone. That's what I hope for Ray. You're saying, or I hope that Ray is a standalone. Who, who, who so major. It's the major other. Part, it's gonna be. She's gonna be a major part of the next episodes. Like of the where where the story's going. I'm okay with connections to other aspects of the older films. Right. But this main character, I don't want her to be. Because then it's like I feel like we're just yeah. I feel like it's just a cop out.
3: But uh, to to get back to the idea of who this uh, Supreme Leader Snoke is, you know, if, if he's not who we think he is, if he's not uh, a Sith Lord, then who's the other? Because if uh, in the other movies they explain there's always two, and if Kylo Ren is one of them, and he's not, and he's talking to Snoke, who's not part of the Sith, then who's the
4: other? I think Snoke
3: That's was- to be revealed.
4: I, I think he I think he's a Sith. I think what we're hoping or maybe discussing is whether he's a Sith we've already met reincarnated or who never actually died versus some new guy who decided to dabble in the dark side.
3: Yeah. Well I don't think he's he's someone that's decided to dabble in the dark side. I think he is someone that's that has a long established history with a Sith that we just haven't met yet. And if it is uh, Plagueis, like we heard in episode three, cool. Let's give this guy a little bit more, uh, a little bit more character, and maybe we'll learn a little bit more about him and uh, what his involvement has always been.
0: Yeah, be because to I see. mean, if the
3: spirit if the spirits can show up for the light side of the force, why can't there be spirits on the dark side of the force?
0: Yeah, I'll be curious to see because he obviously, as as a character, as as part of this universe he was somehow able to corrupt Ben Solo, and so I'll be curious to see if they get into more of like how that happened. The the thing that was most interesting to me about Kylo Ren is I felt like Kylo Ren was how they should have done Anakin in the prequels. Mm-hmm. Because there was much more of a, like you saw more of his anger. He's a much better actor. Um, I know Dennis is bothered because he looks like Josh Groban, but um, he was a much, I mean, just the, the whole anger and the whole young kid wanting to live up to the expectations of, you know, who his famous grandfather was. Um, I thought they did that in a much better way than they did, you know, Anakin being kind of the whiny kid that just has a little bit of a temper. And then all of a sudden in episode three, boom, he's, you know, mass murdering people. Um, So I thought Kylo Ren was a much better Anakin Skywalker than Anakin Skywalker was. And I will be curious to see if they talk about any of how he got you know, if you kind of figure, if your dad is Han Solo, your mom is Princess Leia, and your uncle is Luke Skywalker, how did you get seduced by this Supreme Leader Snoke guy? I mean, where did he come from, and how did these other strong personalities in your life not keep you from going with him? And what caused him, you know, he obviously knows Darth Vader was his grandfather, and he idolizes Vader. He doesn't idolize Anakin, so... You know what caused him to really look at yeah. Vader and say, "I want to complete what it is that you started. You you built this empire, you ruled it with an iron fist, or you you know you were the you know second in command of this thing. Um, I want to complete what you started." Well, I think so, that
3: question is is that question is so huge that it has to be explored. To go through episodes eight and nine and not even try to touch that would be a mistake because I think people that's one of the big questions people have walking out of Force Awakens is what happened to uh, to Ben Solo that made him want to become Kylo Ren?
1: What made it so bad that he killed his dad? I mean, <laughs> that right. was you know, that was I mean, that's still and all. That's your dad. You just stuck a lightsaber through. So that, that was uh, that's his dad. It's Han Solo. Yeah, right? that's you know, buys the Millennium Falcon. I know, I know. You'd be a, you you know, you'd be a fool to say you're not ready for it because obviously Harrison Ford has been asking for them to kill off Han Solo for the last 35 years, but, um, yeah, that was, uh, you know, it was like, you know, I kept flashing, I was getting sucked into the movie and then I was kind of jumping out saying, okay, if he turns him to the good side, like, this quickly, Boy, that's just man. They, it's it's going to be deeper than that. Well, it's but he the dropped power the power of Han Solo. But it's the power. But it's his dad. But it's his dad. Well, he just dropped the helmet. Okay, this is a good sign. Wait a minute. He's not letting go of the lightsaber. Usually, when I'm trying to take something out of Daniela's hand and she's not letting go, of the net, oh, there it goes right through him. And then I was sucked back into the movie, and it was just like, I I I got to admit, man, that was like Optimus Prime. <laughs> dying when I was a little kid. I was a little bit upset, and all of a sudden I heard some sniffles next to me. I know Tammy's sitting there crying, and I'm just like, yeah, I, 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 I was ready for that if I could step away from the movie, but I, I, I really wasn't quite ready for it. And honestly, I, I, I mean, it, it, I don't even know if it was the story that did it. I think it was just the way Harrison Ford played that part, and then when he reaches up and just kind of puts his hand on his cheek and then just falls away, I, man, man, I just uh, wasn't quite prepared for that whole thing. Are you going to be a right pet? I I don't know.
0: I don't know. That, we, that's don't know. actually the story where he tried to take something out of Daniela's hand, and that's the story of how they got the hole in the ceiling <laughs> yeah, at right,
4: that <laughs>
1: Yes, the <my laughs> cover story is leaky copper pipes, but really, but really, yeah, she took a sword and all of a sudden tried to stab me with the thing, you
2: mm-hmm. know. Uh, I think the scene was done good. And I th- you know, and I I remember thinking I wanted him to say something to him too, but I think it worked better that he didn't. Yeah, that yeah. he was just silent, like, yeah, th- like, like he believed, like he did not believe that he would do it. Yeah, like he, I think he thought he was. He was very nervous about this going out, and they kept playing that in his face, like, like you're his father, and he was trying to convince himself that yes, I'll have this influence over him. Yes, maybe I could do it, but I'm not sure. There was a hesitancy on his part, all in the movie. And then I think when he got out there, I think that at some point he, he was like so happy, almost that it was going to work, and that I'll help you, and yeah, and you know, I'll help you. you, you this will work. And then once he got it, it was the utter look of disappointment on his face that he failed. And he didn't have to say anything, because there's nothing he could say at that point.
3: It's Harrison Ford, man. That that touch on the face went a really long way. Any words could.
1: I mean, I get what you're saying, that, you know, you don't want to see Ray as a relation to somebody, in terms of, I mean, she's a relation to somebody, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like a main character. Are you saying that, like, just... Well, and I mean, it's kind of hard to to ask this because, uh, you know, I I mean, only the Sith deal in absolutes. But, I mean, are you saying that, man, if it it turns out that she's, you know, related to Luke or she's someone's cousin or she's – that's going to categorically, you know, kind of uh, uh, ruin it for you? Or are you saying that there's, like, a specific fear, like, you know what, they're going to write this in as Luke's daughter and it's going to be – and there's something specific in your head? And I'm not – I mean, it's your opinion, man. So I'm not questioning it, but you know, if you said like a cousin,
2: it's like some relation. That's okay, because then it's maybe a relation to a character that we don't even know yet. I don't know, but um, I just don't want it to be one of the major characters like Luke or Leia. I don't want. I, I don't want that.
0: So you were talking a little bit about um, we were talking a little bit about the Han Solo death scene, and I know Dennis, that was one of your early problems with it. Um, was that you didn't at first feel like it was given enough weight.
2: Well no, so, no having
0: seen it a second time, did you feel that was different?
2: No, no, it was the actual scene was. The scene was fine. And the scene had the weight and Chewbacca and everything else. It was the aftermath with Carrie Fisher where she find like I just didn't feel like she cared enough about him. I felt that she cared more enough when he was putting the carbonite, you know, and there was more emotion there than there was for this one. So I think that was my issue was like it was like, okay, once he was dead it just seemed like they never really there wasn't an emotional moment when they got back. And I, and I look at it now, and, and you know what? Here's my thing. It was really weird, though. When I looked at it the second time, when they get back and Ray comes off and she hugs Princess Leia, there is that moment, except Ray seems really emotional. But to me, Carrie Fisher did not. Later on, they come inside, and she's got tears, and she's like thinking about it later, it looked like Carrie Fisher, or, or Leia. But mm-hmm. like when they first got off that the the they got first got back, it just seemed like they like that's my problem with her performance right there. That moment when they got off that the main race should have been a better reaction from from Leia.
0: It have Even though she felt it through the force before,
2: but it should have been emotional with the person there. She did feel it from the force, but there still should have been emotion, knowing that that person witnessed it, and that's a young person who was seeing him almost like a father at this point. And it just seemed like she was like, oh, okay, well, here, I'll hug you. And it seemed like Ray was the one... You know, it should have been them both kind of consoling each other, and it seemed like it was just kind of like, you know, like she was just going to pat her on the back and be like, oh, well, that's you know, a dream." That, I, I just... Again, if you watch it again watch that scene, it seemed like she should have... I, there should have been tears in her eyes, Leia. There should have been something.
1: I get, I get what you're saying. Like, I kind of
2: almost... Um... I expected more from her knowing that, her husband, especially the fact that she... This is the one who sent him to his death, really. Yeah. He's the one who's you're your father, you gotta bring him back, you gotta go through this. I mean, there should have been some guilt on her part. I just felt that it was an unemotional performance when they got it, when they got back. The actual death scene was fine. And, and Chewbacca getting the blast once in the key for me. That was good. Chewbacca got a shot off because he was pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I felt that was good. And so it wasn't the death scene. I think it was but
0: you were when you and I talked about it the other day. You, you were talking about how you wanted them to mourn him a little bit more. Were you talking just about Leia or everybody?
2: I think I think everybody when they got back. And now maybe you okay. said it will be that out of the next episode or whatever. Maybe, but I think that the opportunity was there.
0: Okay. Because I thought of I thought of that today when I was watching it again, and as I was watching it, I in the back of my mind I was thinking, well, how long did they? Spend mourning or or whatever for Obi Wan in the movie where he died. Now, actually, they probably spent more time mourning Han, because um, in the other one, when Obi Wan died, it was, you know, I can't believe he's gone. And then Han Solo walks in, hey, buddy, we're not out of this yet, and they got to go to the okay. the guns to you know get rid of the Tie Fighters. So yeah. they, did um, a, they did give they uh, did give more time. My argument. is one. Obi
2: one. If you look back to that episode, was not in their lives for as long as he was. Right. Uh, as Han Solo, where there was like obviously this friendship. They've been through so much. They, you know, they were in Han Solo, and 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 um and Leia had been through way much more. You
0: know? They had, but the not, other characters.
2: Not the other characters have, no. And I didn't expect the other characters like Ray. I think Ray. That's why I said I think Ray did a good job because she really saw him like a father, even in a short period of time. Right. And that's why she had that emotional response. She's she's been more devastated than Leia. That's, I guess, my point is. It seemed like the new person who had less connection to him had more of a connection to him than the than than Leia.
0: Is Leia just because she's been at war for so long and she's a general now? Is she just tired uh, and weary and used know, to losing uh, people?
1: <laughs> and and to be honest with you, too. I mean, uh, you you never saw like the way that they split up. You know, did I mean? How long have they been split up? Have they been split up for twenty-five well, years? We, we don't know how long, but they drive the problems and you know and everything right. else. Right. I mean, you know, they just kind of say Han Solo said, "I went to what I knew best." And he did too. You went to what you knew best. So you I mean, you know, the I think a lot of it
0: was over the sun.
2: You think yeah, a lot. Yeah, of it. It has to
4: be, right? I, I felt you they were to the good. dark side that and that whole thing.
0: All right, we're actually going to stop the recording there. We had so much to talk about, we're going to have to break it up into two, possibly even three episodes. So we're going to stop it there for now, um, but we will come back. I do apologize for some of the technical issues. Um, uh, Jeff and a couple of us were having some issues with our... our Wi-Fi and the bandwidth and the connectivity. We'd never done one of these Hangouts before, so we were just giving it a try. Um, so some of the audio got a little fuzzy with, I think, with Bose, with mine, uh, with Jeff's, um, and Dennis just sounds that way anyway. So, um, uh, But yeah, we're going to come back for a part two, so be looking for that soon. Um, we are going to be discussing a little bit more about the music of The Force Awakens, um, some of the uh, comedy aspects of The Force Awakens and a few other things as well so uh, join us again next time uh, next week, next Wednesday we'll have another movie coming out uh, one of our 1985 movies Um, but then join us again very very soon for our part 2 coverage of Star Wars The Force Awakens in the meantime if you'd like to get in touch with the show our voicemail line is 872-35-MOVIE that's 872-356-6843 we'd love to hear some of your comments we'll even play those on the show We are also on Twitter at 30podcast. Our email is 30podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash 30podcast. Our Podbean page is the30podcast.podbean.com. That's also where our um, patron page is. You can go. It's a lot like uh, Patreon or some of those other Kickstarter type things where if you like what you're hearing, you can uh, throw a little financial support our way. But we still we thank you so much for joining us, uh, downloading and listening every week to the 30 something movie podcast. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on our Podbean page, but you can also find us on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Radio. We are on the Satchel podcast app, which is currently only for Android, but iOS is coming soon. We will also be on Google Play as soon as they release their um, podcast list. Uh, We will be listed on Google Play as well. We look forward to having you back next time when we continue our discussion, but until then, may the Force be with you.